0: Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to find the one part of Tim that he hasn't already hurt. His feelings. That's right. It's grunt work. My, 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 my podcast makes me so hard. Makes me say... Oh my lord. And that podcast is Grunt Work, the all inclusive show about home improvement. We're really going all in on this kamikaze mission of talk singing, aren't we? It's back with a vengeance. I'm Landon Lando Commando Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman Caps. What? Is is it my birthday? Uh, No no dumb middle names? We aren't all about jokes here, Truman. Uh, It's not not fool work? (laughs) I'm, I'm... Damn, I wish I'd come up with something that rhymes with grunt that also means frivolous. Oh, I don't know. Bunt uh, work. Bunt work. It's our podcast about cakes. Hey. Next or, up on cooking with Irma. <laughs> well, that's really more of baking land. Yeah. They're two well, very different. Okay. They're, yeah, you're they're right. very different fields. <laughs> I, it's so good to, to see this new, more polite, more serious, less hurting himself version of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, st- right I'm still in character. We're still doing the thing. Got it. Okay, okay. great. Um, I Look, mean I do I I I had a stint in my life where I was accident prone, so yes. uh, I have I have moved out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it was a chapter, um, but that chapter is closed. That's that's good, man. That it chapter wasn't, it of David wasn't Copperfield. Is yeah, it wasn't a sixty five chapter book, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's cool. It's cool that our listeners have not seen the episode, so we are right now. Our baseball is so inside. <laughs> It's the kind that Jill would yell at us for because we're going to break something. I mean, how do you know our listeners uh, experience our program? They might watch the show before listening to our episode. That is true. That is true. I know there are some people who are taking advantage of Hulu's uh, Hulu's, (laughs) uh, 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 wide selection of home improvement episodes to follow along with us. So if you have, then I hope that you're laughing heartily. And those of you who are in the dark, maybe do your homework. I don't know. There you go. I mean, you don't have to watch Home Improvement to listen no. to our podcast, but I'm not going to lie when I say it does help. <laughs> it, it definitely enhances it. Um, I thought we would start this uh, this week with a correction and omission. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, we, we have to maintain our integrity. Yeah. A a certain uh, person wrote in to say uh, that we mispronounced Scott Bio's name as as Scott Bio instead of Scott Bayo. Oh oh, I see. Uh, it's it's- so wait, bio is i supposed to say it or bayo? Bayo. bay-o. Like mayo. Ah, or deo, me say deo. Bayo comes and my career this is gone. I don't know. Yeah, who uh, knows? Yeah, who knows. So uh, okay, so we've been pronouncing it wrong. Who who was it? who wrote in? <laughs> is it someone we know who frequently corrects us? Uh, and yells a, at us? a former guest of ours, uh, one this Samantha Wessel from oh. the Part-Time Superhero podcast. Ah, yes, Part-Time Superhero. Yeah. A podcast that that we don't Frequently harangue and criticize her <laughs> over. We just accept her work Indeed. and appreciate it. Actually, that, that's a good segue that I didn't intentionally set up. But oh, uh, very nice. The most recent episode uh, I am on there uh, oh, talking yeah. to her. It's our um, follow up to the Infinity War, uh, Marvel's Infinity War. I. Um, you know, uh, well, I should I should listen to that because I now have a bunch of opinions about Infinity War uh, there having you go. at last seen it. I uh, I dropped my my big uh, theory as to what is going to happen in uh, the next one in Avengers 4. A lot of funerals I would imagine. <laughs> It, this is just really—the the MCU includes the leftovers, and that's what we're kind of getting it's, into. It's going to be, yeah, this big crossover event. Yeah. Yes, the truly the most ambitious crossover <laughs> in franchise history. Uh, well, yeah, and I also—I should also plug it. I have an upcoming episode of Part-Time Superhero, so now I'm going to light a fire under Sam's ass to get it edited, I suppose. <laughs> but we watched an episode of Arrow, the season finale of Arrow, and the season finale of the Flash. Oh wow! On CW. Was that torture for you? It was not not torture. Uh, it oh, wasn't. It, it you're was, making me do math with words. <laughs> <laughs> it, let let me say it. You know, season three of The Wire. This ain't. Season five of The Sopranos. This ain't. Any season of Mystery Science Theater. This ain't. But yeah. ha- going in completely blind, uh, it was interesting to see okay. how the other half of TV viewers live. Hey, there you go. And uh, and if you want to find out the rest. Listen to the podcast. Hey, Hey, how about that? Cliffhanger. Coming soon, maybe. To a theater near your ears. (laughs) Uh, Um, I do have uh, one... You had another thing you wanted to talk about? Well, I did have one other thing I wanted to talk about. It's kind of a stunt, though, so I don't know if you want to get your shit out of the way first. Well, uh, I mean, uh, the only other thing that I had is that... uh, uh, coming up uh, later this year, you can meet Tim Allen uh, if you live in Topeka, Kansas. Really? Topeka, Kansas. To- to- I don't want I- another correction of omission here. Uh, well, let me just jump in here and do it. It's Topeka. Topeka, Yes, there Kansas. you go. But to- well, what's, what's he doing? Is it a convention? Or- uh, he will be coming to the Topeka Performing Arts Center February 22nd. Um, let me make sure that this wasn't last year. Okay. No, yeah, no he's coming. Okay, so it'll be, uh, you know, in 2019. <laughs> oh, um, oh, wait, oh, so, okay, really... Go scroll ahead in your calendars. Yeah, I, this is very bizarre. So tickets go on sale uh, to tomorrow. Uh, well, tomorrow for us, which is June fifteenth. Who knows oh, yes. when this will be uh, for you listeners? But um, but you'll probably still have some time. There's probably a couple yeah. seats left by the time you hear this <laughs> between now and February twenty second. Um, so if you call, uh, go to the Topeka Performing Arts Center.org, You can get all the information. I, I wish that I I wish that I could promote a live event in a different city that's happening in like a year. Yeah, I <laughs> was just struggling to find something for the preamble and came across that and thought, uh, you know what, maybe we got a listener in uh, in Kansas that I would uh, uh, inform that about. Yeah, Landon, that's you. You're always thinking of others. You're always you're always reaching out there and and you know going the extra mile. Even if that mile takes you to Topeka, Kansas, but <laughs> uh, if- and it's a very green mile. What's your uh, what's your stunt? Should I be wearing protective gear? So recently, um, you know, as I've mentioned, we have the best fans here at at Grunt Work. We there do. Are, yes. There are many many fandoms in the world, and all of them look like a plate of hot shit when it's compared to ours. <laughs> uh, so one of our yeah. one of our uh, diligent original Grunt heads wanted to help us celebrate uh, our third season, and oh, he yes. sent us something oh and by us i mean me because he had my address okay great. but it is for us okay well, well who right i'll let you take the reins well, well, i well, want to know who it is but okay uh, let me see let's do this let's see if the card is in here still let me just there's a card there, what oh. a thoughtful uh, listener of ours well, yes when you see the card well it's you, not gonna like there's not anthrax or anything in it is there well well i don't know i mean what's the incubation period on that so here's the card okay oh it's a, it's an amazon thing yes. um Happy third season. Yours, Scott. <laughs> so I'm assuming that that's Scott Kersey. Scott Kersey Prime. Both, well, yes. Both because of that and because he contacted me on Twitter to tell me that he was sending it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and and the it is this. What the hell? This is amazing. So, so Scott has sent us uh, a Hot Wheels... Home improvement pack. Yeah, hold it up to the mic so everyone can see it, <laughs> Landon. <laughs> uh, so what we've got here is there's a, there's a hot rod, there is a Tim, there was an Al figurine. It's, it's the, the Great Race uh, lawnmower um, vehicle yeah. that yeah, he yeah. shoots down 96 on. Yeah, there's there's Tim riding the lawnmower with the jetpack on the back, and there's like a tool bench with Binford written on it. And oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a Hot Wheels blister pack, unopened, I would say most likely from the later 90s. Oh, easily. He, he saw this on eBay, I suppose. 1996. ninety-six. Like ninety-six. It's unopened, and I'm torn because part of me is like, let's play with those fucking cars. <laughs> and part of me's like, well, resale value. Some of us want to retire. <laughs> yeah, um, that, We're going to be getting, uh, I don't know, what? Two grand for this, maybe? Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that that man. Well, you know, that's our job. We have to drive the sales up of the, the demand for home improvement items. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that's, that's on us now. Now that we no home improvement isn't coming back. This is actually going to be way, way more valuable. I love this so much. Uh, did you take a very close look at it? I, I well, how close is is? Um, L looks like. Uh, oh my he's God. Amish. Yeah, he, he looks a little Paul Bunyan-y. Yeah, not to criticize, looking... it, not to look our gift horse in the mouth. Here. I'm also looking at the back here. Well, that's not not uh, Scott's uh, doing. True. I'm looking at the back. These aren't all. Um, uh, television uh, so oh, yeah the back of it is, is play sets yeah. yeah is advertising their other things it's just called surf patrol so it's not a tv thing but it's very baywatchy oh it's lifeguards <laughs> incorporated if you know what i'm saying well holy cow this is a uh, uh, harry Carey over here uh yeah it's uh, scott you are you are so consistently our most generous and wonderful seriously fan. yes uh, so thank you for sending this along. It's so it's so thoughtful. We yeah. haven't gotten you a goddamn thing. Uh, no, we haven't, uh, and now we need to. Now we have. Now Land- <laughs> Landon's apartment is slowly but surely filling with stuff that one of my high school friends is mailing to us, <laughs> 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 which is really all I wanted when I moved here. Yeah, seriously. Um, I don't. We. I'm in the midst of reforming our tool time corner. As, as far as they know, it's still there. You don't have to tell them it's well, not I, here. Right? We got to be honest. That's oh, what we're here oh, for, for, for. Full, our full transparency, transparency, right? Yes. <laughs> (laughs) Um, so, uh, as soon as that is back up and running and in full capacity, I'm going to take a, well, I'll take a picture and, and post it online to share with everybody, but um, we'll also get the, the tool time corner so that we can see Scott's also, uh, his awesome cross stitch that he oh, did for yes. us. Uh, I don't think so, Tim, oh, God. um, which, you know, it will be cool. Yeah. I I am, uh, I, I love it. I did not expect that we would have so much fan generated art and merch this quickly, but here we A- are. Absolutely. Uh, that's amazing. So thank you, Scott. Um, and you know, we can't hold our other listeners to that standard. You are, you are the gold standard. Yes. But that being said, other listeners, look how much attention Scott just got on our widely listened to (laughs) podcast. So send us things that aren't bombs. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That, what you just said. Yeah. (laughs) Also, we don't really have an official address, and I don't want to give out my apartment's address online, so we'll work on that. We'll work on that. Yeah. Let's not waste any more time. God forbid uh, we should waste time I know. on this podcast. I noticed, you know, we, we said this from season one, our episode lengths get longer and longer and longer. We're like, we're going to keep them under a, a nice hour. We're going to keep them under 45 minutes when we're, we started. We're now at like 120 per episode, so... It's um, it's grunt work creep. Yeah. It's just creeping longer and longer. <laughs> oh man, the grunt creep. Maybe R.I.P. We'll get into it in a second. I should But help. we watched an episode this week, and uh, why don't you give us a little synopsis? So... When Tim installs a new intercom in the house, he overhears Randy mocking him and mocking Tool Time and mocking his safety record to one of his friends in the next room. Tim is so offended at being mocked behind his back that he confronts Randy and then winds up grounding him for being disrespectful, and as a a result of Randy's criticism, tries to do a serious and safe Tool Time episode with disastrous results. Uh, When he talks to Wilson about this problem, Wilson helps him to realize that it's only natural for sons to mock their fathers at Randy's age, which leads Tim to lift his grounding. Meanwhile, Brad is struggling to read David Copperfield in order to impress a newly intellectual Jenny Sadarsky. But when he can't manage it, she dumps him. And that and an era ends. Womp, womp, not with a not with a bang. But truly with a whimper. Yeah. But with, with a whimper from Jill, who truly is the, <laughs> the most upset about it. Yeah. Um yeah. That's uh that's the episode we watched. Uh, do you wanna take a crack? at the title. Yes, I think that the title is I actually came up with a title as well. Oh, okay, Even But then... I know I know what it is, but I came up with a You had came... some options as yeah. well. I should I should mention here something that got looked overlooked in my synopsis is that uh Randy jokes that the show uh could be called Fool Time. Which is why my first option is "What a Fool Time" believes. Ooh, uh, I love the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, I hate Michael McDonald, but I well, the Doobes have some good good hits. Yeah, yeah, you know. I just just when you're out on your yacht, you gotta just rock, you know. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure there's already been an episode called "Nothing More Than Feelings," but eh, throw that one in there. Okay, uh, intercommunism is one. Oh wow! <laughs> and then my last option. Uh, The Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon, Little Boy Blue, and the Light of the Moon. I tried to look up the rest of the lyrics so that it could end in We'll Have a Fool Time Then, but they made me so sad I couldn't finish. (laughs) So, any of those four. That's most of my sexual encounters, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Here here would have been mine if I didn't know the the title. Um, The Tim Who Cried Wolf. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, It is actually called This Joke's For You. Um, Yeah, I was confused as well. As you rightly should be. Yeah. Um, according to the IMDb trivia, uh, this is a play, the title is a play on uh, the old Budweiser commercial, This Bud's for You. I figured that, I just wasn't sure why it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the American pie of jingles. Oh, oh boy! Know. Oh yes, the exact thing I wanted at the end of that song—to hear the entire song again. Uh, so there you go—a uh, little '90s uh, commercial. Now, here's the thing—you um, uh, well, know, this alt- one says it's from '99. I I'd never got that much of an alt rock vibe off of the Bud drinker. <laughs> I think this is maybe when uh, PBR was uh, encroaching in their territory, and they're like, "We gotta, we gotta cover the hipsters uh, before hipsters are a thing." And and they heard that song, and were like, "We have to buy even more PBR because <laughs> uh, you know it, nothing says hipster like um, you know alt uh, soft rock <laughs> from the '90s." Oh god, that's uh, that's bad. That's uh-huh. real stanky. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, I. Would say this episode was the opposite of stanky. Yeah. Well, I mean, not. I mean, it wasn't the best episode, but I, ser- I thought that it had a really good structure to it. Good, some, some good jokes and goofers. It didn't like every scene needed to be there. There was yeah. no fat on it, really. I like, completely agree. Unlike yeah. the last two episodes that I've been kind of uh, tepid on, this is. Uh... There was some depth to this that I really appreciated. And, you know, I think for me and my taste, like, if it's – it doesn't have to be super funny every time. If it has something else to kind of supplant that a little bit and here, you know, the depth of what they go through between Tim and Randy, I think, uh, you know, there's stories to be told. I I would say that all the performances are – I, you know, I, we've probably said before that they've locked in, but this this was an episode where I feel like it's a good example of them being locked in. Everybody knows yeah. their character. Everybody's got their bits. Everybody's firing on. I would say all all cylinders, and yeah. it's very light on mark, which might also <laughs> be a strength. Uh, do we want to? Do we want to just just. Just just go, go splash right splashing into it, yeah, yeah. Just wade into the waiting pool, just uh, yeah. ease into the hot tub. <laughs> uh, sounds good. As long as we're not going from the pool into the hot tub, because that shit is cold. Why Why do that? That's so bad. That's so bad. Uh, yeah, we so- open with a very tragic death. Is it, though, because the Grunt Creep is the first thing we see scuttling along the floor yeah. with a pair of legs. Yep. Folks, it's finally grown legs. With tiny ones. It's like when Deadpool loses his hand. And oh, God. The hand is tiny, tiny little growing back. I would, I, I would like to think that they would one day cast Ryan Reynolds as the Grunt Creep in the movie they make about our <laughs> podcast. Uh, except Ryan Reynolds would be playing me, so <laughs> obviously he couldn't play the Grunt Creep. Um, but he comes scuttling in, and Tim... And then tim's boot tim is wearing cowboy boots i guess just steps on it and just just flattens underneath his foot crunches it yeah and this is the first of two instances in this episode um maybe i'll i'll cover the other one i don't know uh where my question is uh in terms of like (laughs) this this weird theory of what the what is the grunt creep in the the transition land that we've created yeah um there's a transition later on, going into the Wilson scene, where a rock flies from oh. basically where the audience is sitting into the scene, and it like drops into the Wilson's backyard. Then Wilson picks it up. That broke my brain. So my question here is: um, Are these transitions and the grunt creep and that whole land starting to break through and become tangible in this world? It's it's a classic uh, cool world scenario, yeah. I think, and I. You know, I'm wondering who threw that rock. Like, did the Grunt Creek throw the rock? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. He you know. was aiming for Tim as it, Retribution. There's a whole Dark Shadow <laughs> world going on beneath this yeah. one uh, expanded and I also, universe. I also said this world, but maybe uh, by the end of this series, the transitions will have made their way into the home improvement world, and then their next phase, obviously, is to come through our television screen into our world. And so we have a task ahead of us to... <laughs> Sequester them before they they break free into our reality that is a that is a mighty tall order for a couple of nerdy dudes who just like <laughs> who just like talking about sitcoms but hey you know what that we you know i guess we we chose greatness ourselves yeah this is the the job we signed up for, yeah. Another uh, another big moment in the first seconds of this script is the <laughs> Literally three seconds in. Yeah, our favorite character Hattie, the twenty thousand gallon cowboy hat, the <laughs> perfect vessel for nachos, is back. Sadly, not being used for nachos. It's it's nope. on, it's a top Al's head. Oh man! Uh, but and it's it's all this is you know Tim and Al are both wearing cowboy hats and yep. boots and rocking southern accents in uh, in order to talk about sawhorses. Yep. The tool time salute to sawhorses, I guess. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm I was mainly appreciative of it for the return of Hattie. Yeah, I'm not I'm right. not sure how strong this cold open was on its own. It really wasn't, and it it's been consistent in the three episodes we've seen this season, where it doesn't end on a strong note. These cold opens feel like they, you know, the whole point of a a cold open is to launch you with energy into the episode, and every single one of them so far is just kind of like. Died on impact. These these cold opens have been decidedly lukewarm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the ba- the basic gist of it is they're talking about building your sawhorses out of fine oak or cedar or whatever, and then Al starts talking about how he started using metal sawhorses, and then Tim says, "Oh, I got a real good sawhorse," and yeah, goes off stage like he does, not announcing anything, leaving Al to uh, be confused on air. Lots of dead silence, and Al starts to go into an anecdote about his first sawhorse, which is named lily (laughs) i love it and this is the thing once al starts doing that i'm like okay this is good i'm liking this and then of course uh he gets interrupted when tim comes riding in on the big bay doors open up you hear and uh in comes tim riding a a wooden rocking horse with a uh uh, motor attached to it basically also don't forget we get the uh, william tell overture as well (laughs) that's right yes uh And, yeah, you know, he rolls in, he basically introduces the prop that he is coming on, and then Al warns him not to... Yeah, he says that it could do 150 on the expressway, which, did you not learn your lesson from the great race uh, motorcycle, or uh, lawnmower? Well, I think that lawnmower, like, topped out at, like, 160, so he ratcheted it back by (laughs) 10 miles an hour, that's safe. It's not a jet engine, it's just... It's just a horse. (laughs) It's just an innocent wooden horse. Uh so he so he comes in on this, and, yeah, and, and Alice is like, oh, be careful, yeah. etc., and Tim revs the engine again and then winds up crashing right into the camera. We get, instead of birds flying around his head, a bunch of tools that wipe into the theme credits. Uh, it, it's very, A, it's very Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. B... When we see the tools flying around his head, he's got, like, there's, like, scan lines kind of on the TV, like we're watching it. (laughs) Like we're watching an episode of Tool Time from an analog TV. So that implies, then, that people watch... uh, I mean, you know, not as good as your TV. Let's say that. A tube TV. I feel like an analog TV is just like a puppet theater. (laughs) An analog TV is a Punch and Judy show. (laughs) Or the Globe Theater, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, but... So that implies that people at home watching home Improve or watching tool time were seeing uh cartoon hammers circling Tim's head. So maybe they are the transitions are entering the the home improvement world. It's again it's a hmm. you know Uh, Maybe maybe it's less of a cool world, because everybody knows this. But in Cool World, the human world isn't aware of the existence of Cool World. It's Gabriel Byrne as Jack Deeb's (laughs) crossing between the worlds that opens up the portal. Whereas in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the cartoons are seen as an integrated normal part of society. So maybe it's more Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and then it turns into Cool World later. Interesting. All right. Or something between. (laughs) It could be its own thing. There's, There's a real... I mean... I, I will agree there could be a middle ground between Roger Rabbit and Cool <laughs> World but I don't want to see it because I feel like it would be really like happy and fun and really cool and well put together and then occasionally just a totally pervy gross low budget yeah. uh moment comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that's where Ralph Bakshi lives. Ugh. Um I don't know if you noticed in this uh this cold open Season two really introduced the pantomime into Tool Time. Yes, uh, where Tim will mimic some sort of invisible thing, whether it's a snake charmer or, or a, a baseball fly game or a baseball game. Yeah, um, this is taken on a whole new thing because he does a when they're doing their whole uh, cowboy routine, he spits into the spittoon <sighs> across the thing, and there's a a spittoon and B it moves when he spits fake spits into it. So and, and it goes. Ba-ding! Yeah, so um, they're really ratcheting up uh, the the commitment to this pantomime bit. It, yeah, they're going full magical <laughs> realism on us. Also, I'm gonna say when you spit into a spittoon, no spittoon anywhere is gonna go pating unless you're spitting one of your teeth into it or like a kernel of unpopped popcorn. Like I get that if every dude in a saloon was actually just eating popcorn from yeah. a bowl like at a cheap bar, and then oh I got I got a husk pating. But this doesn't make it's not realistic at all. Yeah, why would why would they think we would believe that? I think uh, it probably started with uh, Looney Tunes, and the whole thing was that uh, the 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 villain was so rough and tough that he's spitting nails, oh. and he spits into the spittoon, and it ptings off of it. I was honestly not expecting a real answer, but that's pretty good. That <laughs> honestly, I, I wasn't either. I was going in a direction of humor, and it came out uh, as. Uh, a thought. You, you went into kind of an informational <laughs> fugue state. You're, you're like, where have I been? You're, you're like, you're like, if the Incredible Hulk when he got angry turned into a tour guide at the Smithsonian or something. <laughs> this takes us into the theme song. Um, same theme same song. Old, same old, same old. Same song, uh, different day. Yep. Yeah, and you know, Brad. Uh, Brad stares at us once again to abstract one of our one of our juicy secrets. Yes. And you know, I don't know. I, I just, now that it's missing yeah. and that he has it, I feel like the best thing I can do is just get out in front of it and let you guys know the secret he stole from me. Oh, you want to reclaim it? I want to reclaim it. I yeah. guess if we give voice to it, maybe that can help. I don't know. Um. So anyway, I felt this... <laughs> Absolution corner. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically confessional when you yeah, think about yes. it. Uh, so, So the secret that I lost is that uh, in elementary school... There was one day in uh, science class, uh, I had a cold, and we were working out of our science books, and I sneezed, and I covered my mouth like a good little germaphobe, but a large gob of snot uh, <laughs> flew out over like the top of my hand and landed smack in the middle of the science book, and it was right as we were ending class, and I didn't want to get in trouble, so I just closed the book and put it back on the shelf. So someone had to deal with that. Yeah. And it wasn't me and I've never told anyone, but now 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 Brad knows and now you know too. And now you're yeah. I think uh the real culprit here is uh your girlfriend's going to have to deal with this information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I might be single by the time we record the next one of these. Uh but then I can talk about but All then, right. you know, I can talk about that on on the air just like Tim does on Tool Time. Awesome. All right. Well. Uh, well. Good. We've been, we've <laughs> really added value to the show now with we that have, disgusting fact. Take that, Brad. We have we've taken it back. Uh, we need to get like a good sound effect here of like a, a vacuum going. Well, it's not really though. It's not taking it. But now we just made it not a secret anymore by telling people. Oh, about Oh, okay. So we've taken his power away. What does that sound like? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like okay. it. That's probably the one. right. Pra- I'll definitely get a sound effect that isn't that. <laughs> um... So yeah, that was the secret that I lost. <laughs> and yeah, and then unless he took anything from you that you recall, uh we go to the house. Yeah, we get a y- yowie yaoi is the I've been trying to, to dictate what the sound is that they make as they fall into it, the void. It is yaoi yaoi. It's yaoi yaoi. It? Wh- which sounds like a thirties cartoon character or a th- <laughs> or a thirties cartoon character's catchphrase. <laughs> Or a cartoon character named Yaoi Yaoi because it's his catchphrase. It's like, it's like how. It's like there's a team. If it's like an 80s cartoon, it's a team of space fighters, and Yaoi Yaoi is the name of like the the, uh, alien hamster or whatever. That's their team mascot that that is sassy. (laughs) But Yaoi Yaoi takes us into. Uh, home where Tim is uh, installing an intercom right next to like uh, the phone um, area he, next to the kitchen. He's installing an intercom in like the one part of the interior of the house that we ever really see him working on that's where he fixed up <laughs> yeah that's where he fixed the phone yep. that's where the uh that's where the the snake came yep. out of it's just the it's the hole in the set that they can get into <laughs> yeah because you know right behind that you can't see you know we we never see that hallway really and if we do it's that broom closet yeah so we never see the back side of that yeah i never never see all the secrets <laughs> uh but yeah he's he's got over all... bread keeps them <laughs> that's where he stores them i know they, they spit they spill out of there they're in there this with is... all the christmas equipment and it's a storage unit uh <laughs> heaven forbid it ever uh gets gets shut down by it, the epa i don't know if any of our secrets involve marshmallow man or something like that I don't, oh i've got a few okay <laughs> in fact i might have one involving a marshmallow man Ugh, i don't even want to think about what <laughs> what's secret about that uh so anyway he's installing the, the uh the intercom yep. he says that he's juiced it up to give it more power yeah <laughs> But I don't really see much evidence of it having more power. It I, seems know, to have less power. Immediately have questions about this. I know that, like, even we have experienced uh, interference, electrical inter- interference, in uh, recording here. Yes. But um, unless you have a transmitter, <laughs> you're not going to be picking up signals. I mean, unless- like the the whole the stock sound that they put in there while they're while he's tinkering with it is that like you're <laughs> searching. I think together we can make it. It's just yeah. like a, that scene in Adaptation where they're oh. trying to recreate the dial tone. Oh, it's perfect. Did you want to try and do that? <laughs> no. No, that's not quite <laughs> it. But hey, you guys enjoyed it. Adding value all over. <laughs> um, there's no transmitter. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. The science doesn't check out. The spittoons don't work. The Yeah, yeah okay. Well, I mean, I, I should maybe preface by saying I don't know how an intercom works. i got to imagine that there's no uh, shortwave frequencies that they're working on, right? I mean, it's all wired throughout the house, hardwired, I I I would I would imagine that would be it, yeah. So, uh, no, I'll I'll buy it. It's definitely bullshit. (laughs) Uh, So, he's working on this, and uh, Randy and one of his friends come over. They come in through the back door. Indeed. And, Um, uh and this guy is named Jeremy Jeremy and yes. he is played by a character named Jimmy Lee Newman or an actor unless unless Jimmy Lee Newman is really like in character as himself playing another guy he's a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude <laughs> <laughs> Well, he his name's Jimmy Lee Newman, playing a character named Jeremy. Oh, I see. Not I see Jimmy. Okay. Um, who was also in Boys in the Hood? Oh, nice. And my brother and me, anything but love. That uh, remember when Richard Lewis almost had a film career? Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yes, that was a that was a fleeting ten days. Yeah. Uh, and that's about it. So, wow, that's Jimmy. Well, good for good for Jimmy. That's the only character actor we have uh, this week. So, and and there, I guess there's not a lot to be said. No. Um. Yeah, well, Jimmy comes in and they chat a little bit with Tim about the intercom, and they make a couple jokes. Yeah, Randy's razzing him as usual. R- Randy is basically a borscht belt comedian doing crowd work <laughs> on Tim. Like he is just. I didn't. I didn't write a whole lot of these down, but it's just the sort of uh, you know. Oh, you go to the, you go to the hospital so much they gave you a uh, frequent uh, you know <laughs> rewards card. Yeah, yeah yeah rewards card uh you know oh t- yeah dad's blown up our dishwasher our water heater and five toasters or <laughs> our blender and five toasters yeah tim, so, tim for his part is throwing it back a little bit oh, yeah. when randy says that he's like it was actually five toasters and two blenders <laughs> <laughs> and he says two more head injuries and he gonna trip to hawaii yeah. from the hospital <laughs> which i don't know if that was a veiled threat at that he would not only injure uh randy but also randy's friend if they kept it up <laughs> oh two heads i get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah right, exactly nice. Um, but so then they go away and then that is miraculously when Tim gets the intercom working and then he overhears the rest of the conversation. Yeah. Which sounds more or less a lot like the first half of the conversation. It's just them continuing to make fun of Tim without Tim around. Well, Randy is Jimmy or Jeremy for his part is actually complimenting Tim saying, man, I wish my dad was that funny. Yeah. He seems so cool. And Randy's like, blah, 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 full time. Yeah. I think that's a verbatim quote from the yeah, show, right? Yep yeah, that was that was the catchphrase that, that got yeah, so big. that shows big. how sensitive Tim's feelings are when blah 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 full time really really cuts him to the core. This is the precursor to the yada 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 episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> uh so uh, yeah, like the, you know, he's talking about how oh my dad's lame, he's a he's a goofball, his shows a joke. Yeah. They're going to they're going to rename it full time. Now <laughs> we all know what I'm going to say. Is that they've done this joke on the show before, <laughs> and it was one of the bad guy kids doing it last yeah, time, right? Wasn't it uh, Ryder Strong in the Halloween episode? Yeah, it was Jenny yeah. Sidarski's, uh, uh, you know, fo- side fo- side piece, FoBu, fo- yeah. Fo- uh not to be confused with fubu the clothing brand uh, or fomo fear of missing out uh fear of missing out on brad's sweet lovin at least yeah uh but yeah so basically now the bo- either the writers or the boys have internalized that line and are using it elsewhere um but you know maybe this is a good time to point out you know i think this is a good example of this being, you know, broadcast tv from the 90s where you're not streaming and binge watching, you know, i think i mentioned this in regards to uh the golden girls, but it probably can be applied with any show i know you're watching cheers uh, <laughs> yeah as well where it's like they might land on something that gets a laugh and because they have it week to week it's almost something that people look forward to. not that, you know, everyone's looking forward to full time, it's not that sort of <laughs> joke, but you know, it kind of falls out of public consciousness if you're not sure. binge watching it back to back to back to back um so they can get away with it a little yeah, more yeah and does, i mean that was a throwaway line from probably over a year ago at this yeah. point so yeah maybe maybe they forgot that they used it <laughs> also true because it was harder for them to access these things and double yeah check they're them. writing all these scripts and on typewriters rather than word processors mm, they papyrus. don't have a database to search of like did we use this joke before i don't yeah. know yeah, they, they just had they had you know some shows would just have a guy who was just an expert on every. Some shows had people like us, I would imagine, basically <laughs> who they would just sit in a closet and ask them. But well, it's true because this episode, uh, this is a later note I wrote, but um, worth mentioning. Now, this episode, I feel like more than any other episode of these three that we've seen, uh, has a lot of callbacks to a ton of stuff in this uh, the series so far. Yeah, talking about like he did just, he did blow up a. Uh, he did dishwasher. blow up the dishwasher first episode. Didn't he blow... I, we saw him blow up the the uh, blender as the well. The blender, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that kind of comes back around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they mentioned Brad uh, bring being brought home from the comps oh, at one yeah, point. yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. All kinds of stuff, yeah. they, they At this point, they've built enough of a history that they can refer to it, and that's very rewarding for the intensive viewers like us. Yes, exactly. Um... So anyway, Tim hears them uh, roasting him, yeah. and uh, he gets sad. There's He's like a little, little sad. There's a he 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 is visibly sad, and we get a sad sound like a <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Wah, wah, wah. yeah yeah about about like that about like that <laughs> it was about that level of sadness. <laughs> um. This, did you have anything else with that no, scene? No, no, yeah. no. Well, we cut to uh, later. Brad is coming home, I'm assuming, from school. Uh, he's wearing a big old Benford blue sweatshirt, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. But the, this is the scene where he has Do- uh, David Copperfield under his hand because Jenny um, – not Jenny, I'm sorry – she is Jennifer now. Yes, yes, Jennifer, <laughs> and he's Bradley. In, in, in her, in her, you know, transformation from her cocoon into this uh, cultured butterfly yeah. of classical music and Charles Dickens. Yeah, a uh, um. regular Diane Chambers now. <laughs> uh, and, and then she's Brad leaving would the show. Become forever. a Sam too. Oh, Brad would. To- oh my God, <laughs> that would be perfect. Brad opens a bar. That's our home improvement reboot. We don't even need Tim Allen. We'll do our own thing. Um. And uh, so he's saying that he's going to read David Copperfield uh, to impress Jennifer, yes, um, so that she won't break up with him. And that's a pretty interesting ultimatum. Uh, let me let me. How h- did that conversation go? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. A first, okay. Also, again, that is one hundred percent a thing that Diane would do to Sam. <laughs> and in fact, there was an episode of Cheers when Sam and Diane are dating, where they are going to go out with one of Diane's cultured, uh, smart professor oh, yeah, friends, yeah. and he reads like War and Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Like he spends five days staying up all night to read war and peace and then, uh, goes to trying to look smart and then goes to dinner with them having not slept and looks like an idiot. (laughs) So basically why are you ripping off cheers? Yeah. Uh, but, but the real question though is what, like Jenny Sedaris, that's her favorite book, David Copperfield at 12, 13 (laughs) years old. You're yeah. It's like 800 pages. But Dickens is, is is sweet, sweet molasses for the ear uh, the ears. For the, for the eyes. ears? Our podcast is sweet molasses <laughs> for the ears. That's right. This is for the eyes and the brain. Yeah. I mean, is it that, like, when I was in, I read probably two-thirds of it in high school because yeah. like, I had to for a class, and I was a pretty studious kid, but even I was like, fuck it, <laughs> I can't with this. Really? Oh, I love Dickens. Dickens is one of my favorite authors. I think he's good. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, a true true moment of Dickensian wit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, P- Pip walked into Miss Havisham's house and saw her and truly she was good. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I like the way he writes and I enjoyed, I mean, we read Great Expectations mm-hmm. in freshman year and I liked Great Expectations quite a lot, but David Copperfield... I'm sorry, dude. I mean, it's intimidating for sure. yeah, it wasn't yeah, it was, yeah, it, was uh, it was a lot. Like, yeah. especially I, for 12. I mean, I didn't even get into Dickens outside of the Christmas Carol till I was like well into my 20s. Absolutely. Like, I don't I feel like I feel like Great Expectations is more accessible because there's like Convict sure, yeah. and uh, Oliver Twist too, has some fun stuff in oh, it. Oh yeah, 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 school for robbers. Yeah, yeah. that's I All mean, those songs that are in the book? There's songs in it? Oh, yes. <laughs> God damn it, Landon, you always get me. You deadpan me so hard <laughs> till I'm dead. Anyway, the, the point is, he's checked it out, he wants to read it, but he's made a, a an unfortunate misconception. He has, a, yes. he has a very, very sad expectation about this book, which is... <laughs> that he thinks it's about the magician, David Copperfield. Yeah, which, and to be fair, I could see how you'd make that mistake. I mean, David, one of them, either the book or the magician should change their name. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, But so, Jill has to set him straight about this, and she does, but... The real superstar in this scene, I think, is the fact that that the the, the props are blocking whatever. Jill is making meatloaf. She's got a bowl of ground (laughs) beef. She's squirting ketchup in there. She's squirting mustard in there. And then she pours in some of that Worcestershire. 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 Worcestershire worcestershire wussy sauce wussy she's put some of that wussy sauce in there and then feeds it all to all to mark because because he loves it and then feeds some of it to brad because he gets all sad about his girlfriend later um, what a punishment i, I if, if meatloaf was a punishment sir i would be committing crimes every day um so anyway but brad is dejected and goes upstairs to read his book yes And then Tim comes in and is visibly frustrated working on the uh, intercom. Yeah, this is kind of – this is where the the episode kind of takes a more serious turn where he starts tinkering with the intercom again but not in his kind of funny way that he has been. He starts like banging it in the way that I've seen my dad (laughs) – well, hold on. It's not a funny way. (laughs) It's a whole other kind of way. (laughs) Uh, In a way that I've seen my dad tinker with stuff when he's frustrated where he's just like – you know taking out frustrations for something else on an inanimate object. He just goes, this stupid thing, yeah. you know, and hits it. You know, we've all done it. I'm not going to put it directly on my dad. But, oh, no, no, know. no. Yeah, I've, I've done it too. Um, And Jill, in, I think, a really interesting move, and I don't think it's conscious on their part, but she says... In her best psychologist voice, (laughs) Tim, is something the matter? Like... I'm listening, Tim. It's almost like this one line sets her on that path toward what she'll eventually pursue uh, as a psychology major uh, when she goes back to school. That's very interesting. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of a, like... I can hear it in her voice already. Do you think that season three is when they started... It's like, okay, the show's in now. We're kind of locked. Do you think that's when they started sketching out longer term? Maybe. Implementing that? Because... I noticed in this episode, yeah, Tim has gotten hurt in the past, there's been jokes about it in the past, but it feels like this episode is trying a lot harder to imprint on the audience like, yeah, Tim gets hurt a lot, Tim frequently gets hurt, like, it has happened before, but it hasn't, I think this, I see this ramping up now to the level of it being a a running gag. Oh, that's interesting. So, once they kind of beat it into our heads, then they're free to, like, not have to remind us and just kind of be able to do a launching pad from a further distance. I think something like that. Does that, that. make yeah. any sense at all? I, you, I lost me, you lost me with the launching pad, but I think I understand the overall I mean, for the jokes, like, you know, mm-hmm. we opened this episode with him coming in on the, the sawhorse. Uh, so, like, down the line, they don't have to prep us that he's going to get hurt. Therefore, they can go bigger with it uh, yeah. without us having to suspend our d- disbelief that much further. Yeah. Because we are expecting something. Yeah. So then they can then outdo our expectations with something bigger than that. Yeah, and also they're 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 really setting up that the family expects it to happen and that yeah. everyone, that, that's his reputation above right, right. all else. He starts talking about being upset about Randy's uh, mm-hmm. joke that he heard over the intercom. Jill's kind of uh, <laughs> walking him through this whole thing. And it's kind of, honestly, a really... F- I don't want to say fun scene, but it's it's great to see them communicating in a way about their feelings. And this is the sort of thing that kind of brought the episode home for me um, more than the previous two episodes. I, this is, I think, a really good example. You know, the, the people involved with the show have said they wanted to make it about real stuff and, yeah. and real moments. And part of that is having them doing work in the kitchen and stuff like that. So this moment of Jill making meatloaf, talking about how their boy is acting to, towards them. Like, this feels mm-hmm. like a very much, this is a thing that happened in their... This is a thing that happened to somebody on the writing staff. It's right. a real moment. And it's acted very... and played very real. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we get a... Uh, do you want to take the transition, or do you want me to? Oh, man. Uh we get a model plane flying through the screen almost directly into Brad's face it i really <laughs> I didn't like it stays on screen so much it could have flown off screen right away, yeah. but it, it veers and I it mean, stays there, in there. There was a moment where I feared for Brad's life. I'm like, that thing's gonna hit you in the head. Yeah, I know. It was like north by northwest yeah. or something. You have, to, have <laughs> just to dive out of the way. Uh, but Brad is uh, in his bedroom, uh, lying on his stomach reading um, David Copperfield. Which, by the way, the copy that he's checked out from the library is gorgeous. It's yes. like old leather bound, it's a big ribbon to mark <laughs> your place with. Like that way to go, public library. Yeah. Um so <laughs> yeah, like uh Randy comes in and is and remarks on the fact that Brad is still reading the book and and Brad says something like, Well, this is this is junior high. You have to try hard to keep girls interested now. And Randy says, <laughs> So sticking straws up your nose doesn't work anymore, and Brad goes, No, that's still big <laughs> <laughs> Which I li lo- I, I really again I feel like Mark has a smaller role yeah. in this episode 'cause he just he doesn't have like Brad and Randy have good chemistry now. Mm-hmm. Uh 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 um mm, 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 mm. Taryn. Noah Smith. Ding, 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 ding ding, as ding, 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 Brad. No! God damn it. Zachary. Dollar, tie, in, the, fr- <laughs> it dollar in the jar. Ah, uh, Jesus. Okay. And then, yeah, the, the swear jar and the misidentification jar are filling <laughs> up. Uh, Taryn Noah Smith is improving. No, wait. He, they're all improving, so that's not a false statement. I, I that's what I mean. T- t- yeah. Terran Noah Smith is improving. He is getting up to the level that I think Jonathan Taylor Thomas is at in terms of swagger and charisma. But you're still talking about Zachary Ty Bryan, not Terran Noah Smith. Because that's Mark. That's Mark. I'm talking about Brad. Which is Zachary Ty Bryan. Jesus Christ. At some point we're going to have to edit these out because we do them so often and they're not even funny anymore. Okay, the the kid who fucking plays Brad. How about that? I'm not even going to play this game anymore. The kid who plays Brad is fucking better at his job now. Than, than he was before He yeah. has clearly gained from being around these good performers Well that's what I was saying and last season, That was why he was my MVP choice Because uh, I feel like last season they really gave him a lot to cut his teeth on yeah. um, You know all this stuff with Jenny the Like three or four episodes that he did And with dealing with uh, adolescence so that you know this is kind of Randy's Episode that Brad had At the beginning of last season Where he got True. home from the cops yeah. It's kind of an interesting parallel I think That is interesting Man, why didn't One we give later. him MVP? That nah. <laughs> and well, and also they call back to Brad's episode yeah. like this, so maybe when Mark has this episode in oh, say six years, uh, <laughs> they they can call back to these as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I get the sense that Brad or uh, that Mark is two years younger than, um, like, I would say he's eight or nine now, and we've we've actually this episode establishes the ages concretely of all mm. the kids yeah or at least brad and randy which is 11 and 12 yeah um and i get the sense that mark is about two years younger so i would yeah. say nine ish yeah it just, he just he still feels like a six-year-old to me <laughs> just he's <laughs> lagging in his development um anyway tim comes in yeah he sends brad out to read elsewhere and sits down to talk with randy while mm-hmm. randy plays at his big-ass computer yeah so there's one computer in Brad and Randy's room and another computer downstairs. Yeah, in 1993,
1: y'all yes. are millionaires.
0: <laughs> what do you need two computers for? You can't even network them. Like, like they're not using the internet. Like, That's what? Fair. I, there do, was something. Do, there... To, do a dot matrix print out on two different floors. You I, know, I think that I'm, I'm going to speak to my own experience here, but there was like before. Society was so integrated with technology, there was a really big interest in the development of it. You know, Now we take it for granted. We just watch a keynote speech and a TED get – Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But back in the day, like I had a computer in my room from very early on um that didn't i I feel like i've mentioned this before didn't do anything but play wheel of fortune and maybe had a word processor on it yeah but it was so like oh man this is technology this is something big this is the future that i have in my bedroom with me it was it was intense uh and very interesting to watch kind of develop you know in four short years from having it in my bedroom i was chatting with people on the internet so true True. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, we did have, like, my, my dad worked in tech for a while so mm-hmm. and has always been into tech. So we, we've had it around more. It's just, I don't think we ever, I don't think we had, like, a living room computer and a bedroom computer. Uh, but, okay, no, but that's, that's an interesting point. And it's also interesting to watch on Home Improvement. Yeah. You know, that same kind of thing that you saw of how technology was integrated in your life. We're going to see how that changes throughout <laughs> the show. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll probably be on some form of internet by the end of the oh, show. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah one thing i want to mention uh tim this is I, they they give tim a very great line here uh as he's walking into the room before he sends brad out where it defines his character as oh, yeah. he's not as... I mean, he's just as smart as the kids are, or at least yeah. his intelligence level on certain subjects is, like, where his kids are at, because he yeah. makes the same David Copperfield joke <laughs> being a magician to Brad that Brad did to, to Jill earlier on. Um, and, then, and then Brad corrects him the same way that Jill corrected him by <laughs> saying, this is David Copperfield, the English way for the... <laughs> the, the tortured way. Yeah, the tortured yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so... Anyway, Tim kind of starts chatting with Randy and mm-hmm. you know, starts first beating around the bush like, "Ah, oh, yeah, we sure do joke about. It. Yeah, I joke around a lot, whatever." And then but then he's I, I don't even know how he he gets into it, but he winds up just revealing to Randy like, "Well, you know, you call me, you know, calling me names is going yeah. too far or whatever. Calling me a goofball. That's the mark I think of the why mark. the writing <laughs> why the I love the writing of this episode is that we can't exactly tell it, it's so fluid, their conversation about how they get into the argument. Like, this feels very real to me, like how yeah, I would fight with my parents. It's just like it would start as one thing, you know, them not knowing exactly how to approach a subject and it just kind of like ramping up exponentially into a blowout fight. I mean, obviously it wasn't, you know, a blowout violent fight here, but – yeah. Um, nor was it with my parents. Okay, I was. <laughs> I was wondering, for say like, did this become a very special episode? Like, are we are we in Goodwill Hunting territory? Uh, well, Brad hasn't extracted that secret from me yet. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, well, now we have a little coming attraction for future uh, future theme songs. Um, yeah, but so it, it comes up, Tim saying, "Well, I heard you. I heard you on the on the uh, intercom, talking about my show, insulting my my job, and you know, calling me a goofball and yeah. saying I'm a joke." And, and Randy is upset at Tim's. Oh, you only installed it so you could eavesdrop on me. Yeah, and, have you ever and, heard of a thing called privacy, which yeah. is a very teenage thing to say? I, but also, I'm going to say, it's also a legitimate point for yeah. him to make. Right. And I'm also, you know, Jill made this same point to Tim earlier. This idea that, uh, that like, y- yeah, you insult Al constantly. Yeah. You always make jokes about Al's mom. This is you a, insult a everyone around you. Interesting point, because Tim goes, yeah, but that's a give and take relationship i give he takes uh and it's different it's at work it's not played as a joke he kind of like says it as a point of fact yeah and i'm like i'm not i'm not on board with that buddy i i am not on board with it either i i you know again it's tim's kind of tactic or, or the show show rather is kind of yeah. tactic of like acknowledging some essential hypocrisy of tim and how he lives his life and then have Tim make a joke about it. Yeah. And and just like, well, don't have to touch it anymore. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think that with the example that he sets for his kids yeah. on his show, he shouldn't be. Sp- and also, you, oh oh god, your son called you a goofball <laughs> in a joke, and Tim actually says like, "You called me a goofball," like he's yeah. like he's sad about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh okay, okay, okay. I get that it's the '90s, and yeah. I get that this is this is a dorky sitcom, right? Goofball is this what you're is upset one of those about. things where you, it's, it has to be a surrogate for you know network primetime television. Yeah. Really, it's like asshole. It's you know, yeah. See if the clown have, shoe, whatever. Clown shoe? No, go with that. What's a clown shoe? <laughs> clown shoe asshole. Like yeah, if this was if this was on if this show, show was on you know TBS or something, now yeah. he would have called him a, an asshole or yeah. a jackass or whatever. Like there would have been a swear in it, and yeah. then this would have had. there would be more like, oh, my son called me an asshole. That's actual fighting words, but right, you know. right. So anyway, this this whole thing ends with you know, uh Tim Tim says he's upset that being called a goofball upset at being called a joke and Randy says, "Well, if you didn't grunt like an ape and break things all the time, maybe your show wouldn't be such a joke." Again, maybe not the right tone for the discussion, <laughs> but Randy makes a very compelling point. Yeah. And uh but Tim's response is to ground Randy, which yeah. is kind of a kind of a, you know, pretty big dick move. Yeah, it's <sighs> I mean I get it. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with it. It's yeah. weird. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, he uh from this we cut to, then we just cut We go f- we go to the kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh where the kids are heading out to school. So it's the next morning. What yeah. even is our transition out of this? Oh, I don't remember. Oh no, that one was a it was a pretty just like sad fade to black. Oh yeah, it might have been a commercial. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, then we go to the next day, Brandy, Brandy? Yep, the popular R&B singer, <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> she makes a very fast appearance and then runs out the door. Didn't uh, much like her career. Boom. <laughs> uh, Randy comes down and is, uh, a brat on the way out. Doesn't, yeah. you know, he says bye to his mom and then, uh, I do want to point out, Brad gives his mom, like, the most loving of goodbyes when he leaves. It was just like, he, he it was does, such a throwaway yeah. thing, but it was, uh, it's, it's, it's like, now that brad sees that randy is acting up he's yeah. like okay i'm gonna be the good kid for a while i'm gonna i'm gonna get back in this you know um but jill is like as soon as randy says goodbye to his mom jill's like say something to your father mm-hmm. uh and then he says what something like uh oh yeah th- thanks dad the intercom in my room is getting the spanish station <laughs> yeah <now."> right <laughs> so again whatever like transmitter slash non-transmitter yeah. Tim just plugged it into a radio station's line. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) All the kids go off to school, and uh, that leaves Tim and Jill to kind of chat for a second. And Jill starts explaining about her experience and saying some vile things to her mom when she was growing up. Um, She goes into this story that I feel like is very similar to the one she said in the um, episode uh, Much Ado About Nana, where – her mom used to call her this nickname, and it used to bug the hell out of her. Oh, and yeah. And then finally, once they just moved to this new city, and she was 14 years old, and all of her friends were over, uh, her mom called her this nickname, and she got so mad and said these awful things to her mom in response to it. Yeah. Uh, that that nickname being Jilly Dilly. Oh, man. <laughs> Which, not as bad. at that point, it had been built up so much, you were almost yeah. expecting something worse, but... Also, not great. I wouldn't yeah. like being called that. Well, Jilly Dilly is in the same uh, cinematic universe as Yowie Yowie. <laughs> <laughs> Jilly Dilly is the enemy space fighter team's mascot <laughs> space hamster that is that that pretends like it hates Yowie Yowie, yeah. but is actually secretly in love with Yowie oh, Yowie, like Heligon, Hey Arnold. Gotcha. All right. Uh, yeah, and so that adds a lot of kind of you know that's that's the, that's the well. Landed. What it really is it's Sexual tension. Okay. Yeah, it's right, a, right. it is a steamy, <laughs> sexy '80s uh, space fighters TV show. It's almost a Sam and Diane relationship. Uh, yes. Yeah. Very Sam and Diane. Very Jim and Pam. Very, <laughs> uh, you know. Very uh, Brad and Jenny. Ah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, In that it ends after three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. So Tim, you know, going off of this experience that Jill has talked about, Tim is just talking about how it. It really hurts that he thinks that he, you know, he says it really hurts that he thinks I'm a joke. You know, I like to think of myself as the cool father. Like, I can yeah. flick my earwax 20 feet. I can burp louder than anybody. I can all this. Flip that stuff. my eyelids inside out, which that I was hate. the epitome of my nervous, stressful anxiety as a kid. Yeah. I can't handle that. Big problem with that. Big, big, big problems. When I was a kid, I once. When I was Mark's age yeah. and Mark's level of gullibility, I was at a doctor's off like I was in a doctor's waiting room. My mom was somewhere else, she was in the bathroom or something. And some other kid in there who was probably like 5 years older than me, probably in like the Randy age range, had, turned to me and he had one of his eyelids flipped out like Ugh. that. And he goes like, "My eye just does this sometimes. That's what I'm here to see the doctor about." Mm-hmm. And like my and like my brother's here and he's growing another head. And like and, and I heard I remember the time he was very <laughs> upset and very scared by it. And I don't know. I think I I was maybe three years later when I... Like, that stuck with me for a while until I got to be old. Like, I was lying in bed one night when I was 11. I was like, that son of a bitch. (laughs) He was messing with me. Truman, I think we just got to the root of why you have so many complicated feelings about Mark. (laughs) because i see myself and you him. relate too closely to him and you hate to see the reflection in the mirror i was a little mama's boy and my hair was a much lighter blondish shade at the time <laughs> wow landon we wow, man am i talking to jill taylor or fraser crane or just another psychologist from tv right here because you we may go home after this i made a real breakthrough at my podcast today guys <laughs> I feel like I'm a better person, and Landon's a better person, or our <laughs> listeners are better people. We figured out why I don't like Mark. <laughs> why I can't remember his name. Oh, man. Um, this takes us into uh, Tool Time, yes. where we get a appearance from Heidi. Yes, introducing everybody. Well, it starts with a shot of the audience yes. and one straggler running up to his seat, which, you know, good bit of work on the part of the blocking <laughs> people doing that little thing in there. Man, they uh, it was a scant audience. I know, like the the front row almost looked like it needed a seat filler. <laughs> where like there's a guy looking like he was sitting in two seats just to cover up, uh, make it look like there's everybody there. It, yeah, they're just you know going out in the street with the twenty dollar bills trying to get bums <laughs> to come in. And <laughs> um, but Heidi, I like her. She's got pluck. She's like really committing to the thing that I, she's doing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'd like to see more of her. And who knows if she's going to become a central player on the show? There's no <laughs> way of telling. Well, uh, speaking of. Uh, seeing more and center, uh, I did notice the calendar in the background, uh, that used to be of Lisa is no longer of Lisa, but it's still a tool girl posing for a Binford calendar. I couldn't tell if it was Debbie Dunning, uh, in it or not. Those, those, those calendars are so damn far from the camera. I don't know what kind of Blade Runner enhance frame 263 uh stuff you're doing and in getting like the mirror reflection to see whose face it is in the pinup. But that's that's impressive. Yeah well. Keep me posted on your findings. I will <laughs> I look at it it's like, oh, looks like a sexy girl in a sexy pose. That's all I can see. Mm. Well we'll find out. I'll I'll get the what I, I wonder what happened to all those oh if they make a calendar for every single season, that means there are eight Benford calendars in the world somewhere. And Hopefully. I want one of them. Okay, well this this is gonna be a real like national treasure type heist because they're probably gonna be pretty expensive. This is yeah, we're gonna in to, the Smithsonian. We're gonna have to find the prop master for this show and uh interview him or her and uh get uh, get some sweet sweet home improvement props. Well, hey, you know, we already we already interviewed one of the directors and producers, so hey, how much harder gonna. can it be? <laughs> it, it's a slam dunk from here on out. We got Pasquin, what else is there? Uh yeah, so it's tool time. Yeah. Tim comes in with Al, uh, as they always do. He takes off his jacket and hands it to Al, as he always do. I'm Tim the toolman Man Taylor, and you all know my assistant, Al Borland. And there's this palpable, like, Al stops and turns back and goes like, Did, did you run out of dumb middle names? <laughs> Is it my birthday? The and birthday joke was uh, in the outtakes. That was in the outtakes? Yeah. I thought he said it in the actual. I think he said it in the actual one as well. Oh, Did he? Okay, maybe I missed mean, it. Okay, everybody, wait. We're going to go back and watch <laughs> it. Um, it's also a funny. I mean, funny question to ask, given that his birthday was a week ago in the show's continuity. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but Tim, you know, he's asking why Tim didn't make fun of him, and Tim says something like, "Oh, you know, we're we're yeah, it's a serious business. This isn't fool time." <laughs> and then they both look at each other, and then look at the camera. <laughs> And I don't know why they do it, but it's so funny to me. <laughs> it's kind of a, a miniature version of them running off screen and into the next frame. It really is. All of the quirky physical comedy bits where yeah. it's Tim and Al pulling them off <laughs> is pretty good. Um, so and so anyway, we continue with this episode of Tool Not Fool Time. And uh, Tim wants to demonstrate how to dig post holes to yeah, like build a, a children's fort. Oh, yeah. And... So, but, uh, but he says, now we've got a power post digger or whatever, but, you know, why don't we use the manual one? And goes and gets a manual post digger. And Al will just not let up. Like, they almost... I mean, can you blame him? I mean, he he's suspecting that, like, this is a long con for some big joke. Yeah, like, I think at first what, what I thought watching this is, is like, oh, wow, t- uh, you know, Al... Like Tim has to make fun of Al because if he doesn't, Al will mercilessly roast Tim. Like the mm. only thing keeping Al in line is Tim's constant uh, <laughs> Tim's constant derision and put downs. <laughs> it, so there is an actual purpose to his alpha maleness. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> but now, now you, you know you make that point that that of course Al is acting this way because he's panicking because he thinks that something that's building up for something yeah. bad. I mean, what is Al but Mark in thirty years? Uh, what is what <laughs> is Al but uh, Theon Greyjoy when he's been made into Reed? <laughs> I think that's really what it is. Like this moment, this moment is Yara and the rest trying to rescue him and him being like, no, it's another trick. No. (laughs) So um, I guess spoilers for season three of Game of Thrones. (laughs) You probably should have seen it by now. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. I guess you're right. I do have, I do sympathize with Al in this situation, but Tim, so he picks up the thing. Like Mm -hmm. Allison, like, do you even know what manual means? Like, why are you doing this? And Tim is, like, as he's getting ready to do it, Tim is giving safety tips and saying, like, you know, to it, you want to be really careful with this. Anything, anytime children are involved, you know, 250,000 children a year are injured in, in accidents on their yeah. play structures. That's why you want to put wood chips around the... i got to be honest. As a kid, I injured myself on wood chips a couple of times. Oh, yeah, wood chips. <laughs> I mean, wood chips are a stopgap. They're yeah. not the solution. Uh, but I had to say, I was thinking as I'm watching this, like, Tim taking the show seriously, I actually like him better. Like... <laughs> I, the show is better. Like, I was watching, it was like, okay, this seems like a show that could actually be useful yeah. to people. And I almost saw this future vision of Tool Time, where it's like, Tim is a sort of... Tim is more like a Jason Bateman type, and everyone around him is crazy. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I'd almost like to see that, you yeah. know? And, uh, and and now the story of a popular cable access tool show, <laughs> and the one totally straight-laced host who had to hold it all together. I like it. But so, L is like, he doesn't know what to do with this new Tim, and he's always assuming that Tim is leading to something, and he's trying to get ahead of it. And so what ends up happening is that Al kind of tricks himself into making fun of himself. Like, Uh, yeah. All culminating into making fun of his mother, leading to, you know, like, uh, I guess you're just going to say, let's just say it. Fine. My mom's a big fat cow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she she had to close down the salad bar after she went there, right? is that what you want to say? <laughs> and well and all like what what sets this off is Tim has got a doorbell that he's wired up for the children's sport yeah. and says, uh here, Al, why don't you give that a ring for me? And Al's like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm gonna t tu- i am going to i see what you're doing, I'm yeah. gonna touch that and five thousand volts of electricity are gonna course through me while well, you shout remember the Alamo <laughs> <laughs> Uh and how does the scene end? I don't, oh, Al goes off on his mom, and yeah. Tim just gives this kind of like, while he's playing it, this episode of Tool Time more serious, he's still not above like going, well, that worked out to my favor anyway. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, well, that, now some promotional messages from Binford. And then a spherical, lumpy, gray object <laughs> flies at the screen yeah. and goes sailing through the background and into Wilson's backyard. Yeah. Which he then picks up. I know, like... It just, is... Someone has the golden ticket from Last Action Hero. <laughs> <laughs> and death is coming for us all. Yeah, well, I mean, he was doing that... Regardless of whether anyone has the golden <laughs> ticket, death is coming for us all. <laughs> um, but, but, like, it's flying... The, the thing is flying, and I, I said to you, like, what, wait, what the hell is that? <laughs> and it lands in the bag, and you go, I think it's a rock. And then Wilson picks up and goes, oh, look, neighbor, look at this rock. And it, <laughs> it was almost like I was Tim... And Wilson was Wilson answering my question, and the screen was the fence. But that was weird. I don't yeah. think we've ever like we we freaked out when transitions were dropping into people's milk and beer. <laughs> right. The, this is a whole the, like the Grunt Creep is walking, right. and the yep. transitions are air, the transitions have airplanes. We are we we are going. The transitions are transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen? <laughs> We're in whole new territory here now. The transitions are <laughs> flying around in airplanes, and they're throwing rocks at the screen. They are organizing, and they're getting unruly. Oh, no. Um. So, anyway, Wilson is in the backyard, yeah. uh, commenting on the geological provenance of this rock that yes. was around when the dinosaurs were, I suppose. Yeah. Wilson is so thrilled to have found this rock in his backyard, but I'm like, Wilson, you spend a lot of time in your backyard. How did you not notice this huge rock? <laughs> any time in the past 14 15 years because it wasn't there before the grunt creep threw it which gives further credence to the idea that the transition was thrown into the backyard by what is the show implicating us the audience is throwing rocks i still i think it came from the void i still think it was uh, the grunt creep aiming for tim for stepping on him I, I believe it i mean that and he just missed you know but he can't throw that far because his little tiny arms haven't grown in yet y- he has to Deadpool his arms up <laughs> to full length yeah um So anyway, Tim talks to Wilson about how uh, uh, Randy is mouthing off to him. I almost fucked up again there.
1: How Randy's (laughs) mouthing.
0: Yeah, Wilson is talking about this thing being part of the dinosaurs, and Tim makes a joke, and then goes, uh, well, I'm not being funny now. And then Wilson throws out this line that is, uh, oh, really? Well, you've always had a propensity for jocularity. Yes. And I'm like, come on. Just, who are you trying to impress Wilson? Frasier doesn't talk like that. (laughs) Come on. But this is another great example of the writing, uh, just like the earlier scene, where I feel like Wilson makes really, really great poignant points about the situation. Uh, It's, you know, when Tim kind of recites it back to him, it's a little too on the nose. But he's talking about, like, this is, you know, kids and boys especially really cut their teeth and become a man. On their fathers, they have mm-hmm. to see him as a malleable person. Uh, that's not the word he fallible, used. fallible, Fraser. <laughs> Thank you. Um, has to see him as a fallible person to uh become a man himself. Uh, and Tim's like, Well, I didn't do that with my father, I idolized my father. And mm. then Wilson kind of draws out this, uh, you know, it's like, Well, when when did your father pass? Well, when I was 11. Well, how old is Randy? When I was oh, oh. He twelve. oh yeah i didn't live my father didn't live long enough for me to do mm-hmm. like he hits it on hit a little too much but the the whole point is i think that you know wilson is really astute here and the way that it's handled is very very deft i i i agree there 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 have been a raft of poor wilson scenes where he just basically recaps but this one is the line the the line that gets us into this is parents are the bone on which children sharpen their teeth which go. is pretty good yeah He says, you know, for the next four or five years, he's going to seem like a different person, which is true to what this is. And then I actually did like Tim's line because the way he puts it is, I didn't have a chance to be rude to my dad before he died, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a funny, I I like that construction. Like it's not played for laughs, but it's, that's typically not the sort of thing that you'd hear someone who lost their father talking about, like, oh, I'm sorry, I never got a chance to be mean to him. But this is put together in, in a way that like this, this is a range of human or this is a level of. Emotion and grief, whatever else mm-hmm. that I was not aware of, that the show kind of clued me into, yeah, which right. I thought was very cool. The whole, not just the good times or the bad times, it's you know it's the whole experience, really. Yeah. Like you, that's Tim missed a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to have them draw that out and to have it inform how he's going to approach Randy in the next scene. Absolutely. And yeah, and then he, he as he the the scene goes out on Tim Tim going, man, kids are complicated. And Wilson go, going, why do you think I have rocks? <laughs> Wilson, poster child for the child-free movement (laughs) Did he invent the pet rock, do you think? Oh, man, probably Where do you think he got all his money from? (laughs) Hey, man, early retirement This takes us to The Living Room Yes Where Brad has given up on David Copperfield He is watching TV Not too broken up Well Though he should be Well, he literally is broken up he is literally broken up, but not emotionally. Yes, he he. You know, Jill says, "Oh, you're, you're not you're taking a break from David Copperfield," and Brad says, "No, I decided that I don't even want to be with a girl who wants to be someone who I'm not." <laughs> and Jill goes, "She dumped you, huh?" And he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jill starts to get uh, get really sad about not being able to see her again, um, and, and and Brad going like, "No, there's lots of other girls, though." Yeah. I mean, I really I I thought this was genuinely funny. Yeah, Their, no, this is a great scene between them. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, do you think that uh, – because there's a moment uh, kind of after they exchange a few lines. First of all, Zachary Ty Bryan, the actor, is trying not to laugh while doing the scene. And I give him props for keeping it together. Like yeah. it's hard to hit that brink and then pull yourself back from it. It is. It um, is. But you can see he's almost cracking at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a line that Jill has after they banter a little mm. bit where she goes, man, this feels so unresolved. <laughs> and I'm wondering, do you think that that's a, a, like an inside joke oh. of like we don't get to see Jessica Wesson off? Be- because like she probably got the flipper job or whatever. Yeah, or Casper it just or... isn't – yeah, on, on yeah. the episode anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean that – actually that could be some little – I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as just like more more of her like I need closure. I'm sad about this, yeah. but you're – well, working on two levels. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. I know I do like that. I had not thought of it that way, but I like to think that's probably a clever joke that they would do. Yeah, well, if it's not, we are gonna retcon it into canon. So it, it's officially the thing now. <laughs> uh it's in my head cannon. Which is the canon that comes out of my head uh when I transform into a can't wait to see where this goes. Robot, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I was realizing Transformers transform from robots into cars. So a man who turns into a robot with a cannon coming out of his head. Actually, uh Megatron transformed into a gun. Okay, well, see, it's sort of like my my scalp turns into Megatron in his transformed state. Also, clearly a million poets before us have said this, but transitioning transforming into a gun that someone else has to shoot is a really shitty thing for the bad guy to do. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Very little utility to just a gun sitting there. <laughs> but, uh. But, well, you know, Chekhov's rule, though, is that if you show Megatron in Act One, he has to transition into a gun by Act <laughs> Three. By Act Three. Go. Um, Tim comes in, uh, at this point to, uh, speak to Randy, and he goes upstairs, uh, to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, the, the typical reciting Wilson's, uh, actually, no, he has a moment with Jill before he goes up there, because that's where he has the, like, uh, the messed up Wilson's advice moment we, we, which is we, like we, i just found out uh oh yeah since i gotta talk to randy i just found out i'm not god and yeah jill goes <laughs> which is a great line oh tim i'm so sorry <laughs> oh man uh then he goes upstairs to talk to randy um yeah. I, before we get into the scene i do want to point out some of the props um oh, go for it i mean this room is just chock full it's so nice uh first of all either Brad or Randy, one of the two of them is really into photojournalism because there are a lot of like landscape and Air Force One. Or I don't know if it's Air Force One. Just but Air just, Force Blue Angels. Yeah, exactly. Just really big photographs uh, right by the doorway when you first walk in. Yeah. Um, other thing... To not alienate one uh, one side of the state or the other, they had both Michigan State and <laughs> U of M penance <laughs> on the wall. That was good. That was very deft uh, set decoration. Yeah. I even saw Western, uh, Western University, but that's where Tim Allen went to of course. school. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's all I have to say about that okay (laughs) thank you for there's also some weird robots there's like a toy robot but then there's like a nightmarish one over by the windowsill I don't know if you saw it no it was a cannon coming out of its head (laughs) it looked like it could quite well have yeah that would be scary yes um but so he comes in he tells uh, Randy that uh he's ungrounding him Randy's Mm. like oh great well see ya and he starts to leave and then Tim stops him and uh I like I don't have I haven't got a hu- huge amount of notes in the beginning of of this, but it's basically just Tim kind of makes the point to Randy that it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, we we joke around a lot and that's cool. Just don't don't joke about my job. Yeah, well, he says, um, oh yeah, I understand that you're going through adolescence and that this is all part of it. And then Randy's like, oh, so it's okay if I can make fun of you? And he's like, I didn't say it was okay. I said I understood it. Mm-hmm. Um. Just don't make fun of my job. Yeah. And then, you know, don't make fun of, you know... Me hurting myself all the time. Yeah, exactly. And then Randy says, well, what's left to make fun of? And Tim, <laughs> Tim says, mom. She's like, okay, again, good joke, but you're making sacrifices of Tim's character in yeah. pursuit of the joke. Right, right. Um, But it really hit me in the scene um, where, you know, if you read anything about the behind-the-scenes stuff of uh, Home Improvement... Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Tim Allen seem to really have a tight bond. Yes. And I think we're going to see that play out more over the course of the series, which is why it was such a, a big thing when Jonathan Taylor Thomas decided to leave the show. Yeah. But uh, I can. It, it's so apparent in this scene that they have this kind of almost fatherly, suddenly <laughs> uh, relationship. Yeah. You know? What well, could have just been acting, but uh, that <laughs> but you see that did he... come aside. No, they had really good. Yeah, ke- yeah. When you see him, com- you know, compared to how he's acting with Brad or Mark, uh, you know, there is just something else. Uh, maybe he sees a lot of himself in in Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Who knows? But well, I would, you know, if Tim Allen was a kind of class clown cut up when he was mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's age, he probably does see a lot of himself. Yeah, maybe. In it. I mean, here, you know. Jonathan Taylor Thomas has the same gift for comic performance that Tim does, right? Yeah, and gift for timing and and kind of charisma. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. So they kind of make up, and that's the end of the scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Randy. Randy asks him. You know, Tim has explained to Randy this is all about him rebelling, and he says, "Oh, well, did you rebel against your father?" And Tim mm-hmm. says, "Well, he died before I could." And uh, Randy has a really, you know, kind of he's, uh, uh, smart ahead of his years. Comment saying, I'm sorry that you didn't get to do that. Yeah, he says, "If I and if he could see you now, he'd be proud. Yeah. Yeah. And Randy sells that. At, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas makes those lines work. Yeah. It's plausible coming out of his mouth that a kid right. would say it, not that a 35-year-old writer yeah. wrote it, you know. it's It does take a certain kind of child actor to be able to play smart beyond your years. Otherwise, it feels like a trope. It feels precocious. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wouldn't have worked coming out of a Zachary Ty Bryan uh, or even mark even though he's a little too young at this point but yeah um yeah he did he sold it so he sold it <laughs> <laughs> he's he did he, he sold it good <laughs> and then actually well, tim on his way out uh he, he says well actually tim recounts a story from his childhood on his way out the door he says well there was actually one time i got my dad really steamed he let me play with this butane torch and randy <laughs> goes what happened he says got you ride in a fire truck and we got a new garage, <laughs> and uh, then we have a horrible fire truck transition yeah. to the Stinger. Yep, right out into the room. Uh, that takes us to um, the bedroom again. Yes, later we I'm transition assuming. to the same room. I w- yeah, I would yeah. assume it's like another day. Maybe there's a commercial, and then we come back from the commercial. Too. Okay, yeah. Uh, what happens in this? Uh, well, Tim Tim wants to tell oh, right. the... Brad and Randy about uh, something about Jill, aka yeah. Jilly Dilly. Uh, but he's starting to tell it, and he's about to say the name when suddenly Jill's voice comes out of the intercom. <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Don't you even dare, Tim!" <laughs> oh, you got the intercom working. Well, uh, Al got it working actually, and then Al's voice appears. Like, "Hi, Tim." <laughs> this Al's voice was Al's voice weird to you in this episode? It sounds weird hearing Al's voice, but not seeing seeing it. Oh, I I, even in the episode, the the moments when he was on screen, it seemed a little different to me for some reason. At the beginning, he was using a southern accent, and I noticed. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I wasn't exactly I, referring yeah. to that, but yeah, um, I I know I noticed it a little bit, like even when I thought he had dropped the accent, I yeah. felt like there was something, but I didn't notice it for the rest. Okay, so, well, whatever. Good radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? So then he goes to write it on a a piece of paper and feels like I hear that marg- magic marker. Yeah. Um, and then that's the end of the episode. Ching 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 jing, 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 That comes after the outtakes, actually. Well, goddammit, Landon. I just did that whole song and dance. (laughs) Well, you're the editor. Just lop it on the end. Yeah, I'm a lazy editor. Go on. Okay. Um, What I noticed... uh, It didn't occur to me until this this final scene here, because all three kids are in the bedroom while Tim's doing this, that they're really giving the kids a lot to do uh, now. Like, they're treating them all as, like, cast members, not just kind of frivolous, like, hijinks for the the B-plot. It is, like... Even, you know, Brad and Randy, even though Randy is the focus of this episode, Brad has substance to what he's doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, It's character building. Uh, Yeah. Mark, not so much, because he's not doing anything, but... Uh, Mark, they own... Mark's storylines are always getting pranked by the other boys. Like, occasionally he's the... Like, occasionally he is involved... Like, he is a MacGuffin for (laughs) the adults, as in uh, shooting three to make two-two, but not really getting his own stories yet. However, he's there. And there. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, but, you know, like, in terms of making this feel like a family show, that it's mm-hmm. a real family, like, the fact that his presence is still around, like, even, uh, even that it's sequestered to him asking Tim about the intercom at the very beginning of the episode, like, you can feel Mark there. Yeah. Floating around the house somewhere in the ether. And it feels like, you know, a full house. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, feel, it feels like a threes company. <laughs> now, what if Tim had died and Jill married Bob Saget and we have a new wave Brady Bunch on our hands? Whatever happened to predictability? <laughs> I think that would be great. That's another that's another good option for a reboot. You yeah. know, we t- Tim Allen's too busy doing Last Man Standing, so we reboot it with Bob Saget <laughs> and Trish Richardson. There you go. Yeah, so then that's... And there's just some outtakes of yeah. Tim and Al trying to do a line on the tool time set, but that is then your episode. Yeah, Um. but... Our episode. I gotta be honest, I wasn't paying attention to a very important aspect of this episode. Yes. Uh, and I couldn't even fathom a guess. So I'm gonna have you tell me. What was uh, the grunt count? Well if uh if this was a if you were a robot yeah which and, i'm not i know but let me let me put myself in that mindset yes one zero 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 one zero one okay i'm there you have said what the number of grunts is one of those numbers one of those two numbers that you were using to construct your language really robot? One hundred thousand one hundred and ten? yes i'm good that was a lot i'm surprised you Jeez. didn't notice them <laughs> It was a constant throughout the episode. There was a there was like a crawl at the bottom of the screen, like on CNN. It was just <laughs> uh, 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 uh. and I ch- I checked the rule book, and there's nothing in the rule book that says a crawl with the grunts written out phonetically can't play basketball. So, uh, <laughs> all right, um, no, but no, but the the number was one. I was try I was one. Wow, I was trying to lead you into binary, so that you picked up on it perfectly. Maybe. <laughs> You are a robot. Oh. Maybe maybe that artificial intelligence is working. Hey, there you go. A single grunt. And it's when Wilson clues him in. Yeah. There's another one where he goes, oh, yeah. Or like, yeah, or something like but that. that's but a but yeah. That's a, it's a word. Yeah, yeah right. The, the only one is uh, Wilson says it to him. Wow. So we are off to a very slow grunt start. Season. We're off to a slow grunt start. We, yeah. It, it's one ten one. one Wow. Our, our grunts could be represented in binary code right now. <laughs> our grunt count is... One, one Are they spelling out a secret message to oh us? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> like that Silicon Valley <laughs> trailer that they did before season four? I, I didn't know they, they had a secret. Yeah, there message. was like a. Uh, there's binary code on the background of uh, a conference that they're at. Yeah. And if you translate it, it says get a life or something <laughs> like that. Good advice <laughs> to anyone who can translate binary code, who are probably all of them making six or seven figures coding yeah. right now. So they have, in fact, gotten a very nice life. <laughs> right um wow one that's one that's shocking it, i was not expecting this do we at what point do we demand our grunts back i mean our grunts back what do you mean <laughs> i feel like we're getting we're getting shortchanged on our grunts i mean what i would assume it's three episodes in yeah and last you know last season we had as you'll remember a greater number of super low grunt episodes but also a couple of grunt standout episodes okay so who knows? So we, it's possible that we're heading toward a a, a, a grunt nami a grand slam a grunt slam yes of grunts coming soon yeah. yes yes a, a a grumper crop of <laughs> grunts um I I you know maybe we'll top the fifty five grunt records sitting that wow. Christmas episode <laughs> wow these times we live in wow do you want to set uh uh a- I don't I, I don't know the ramifications of this or the parameters of it is what I meant to say Ooh, but man we're we're playing fast and loose do you want to do you want to go on record, do a little little betting pool right now yes. of, like, what do you think the highest grunt count episode is going to be in the this series? This, this season? Series. The whole series? Yeah, the whole series. What do you think... Do you think we'll ever break 100? I don't think we'll break 100, because that would be just too much. <laughs> that would be... I don't know how they would get an episode in around that, although they've had some pretty flimsy episodes before. And s- do clip shows count if they sandwich them all together. No, the, those don't. Those don't okay. count. Uh I would say 75. A gentleman wow. 75. Okay. All right. I'll go 76. You son <laughs> of a no, okay. Well, you know, No, what, I'm Landon. kidding. No. No, I, no, do no, it no. no, if you want to play your bullshit I dice I right Uh I, I so 55, I'm going to say 56. I'm going to go a little bit lower. I'm going to say 61. 61? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, 55 is a big target to get over. Yeah. I probably already guessed too high, but I'm just banking on the fact that there's a whole lot of this show I still haven't seen. Yeah, true. And it might... We do I... have a lot of conceptual episodes coming up, so... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, mama. Oh, oh Truman, did we cover everything you want to talk about in this episode? I, I think we covered every damn thing. Then uh, let's go get a burrito. Yes, Um, you 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 read my thoughts. You truly are a robot. We're inviting all of our listeners go go treat yourself to a burrito, man. Yeah, or woman. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Treat yourself to a burrito man, a burrito woman. uh, Burrito babies. Yeah, you know, a burrito non-conforming gender (laughs) burrito. Actually, I'm going to post this. uh, This is a a game I like to play with people that I walk by this restaurant by, but I'm going to open it up to the whole world listening to us. I'm excited. There's There's a restaurant right around the corner that says it's the home of the pregnant burrito. And I always ask... What do you, I don't know what it is, I've never been there, but what do you think that burrito is? Because I always think it's a burrito with a tinier burrito inside of it. (laughs) Well, then eating that burrito is murder. (laughs) Uh, Because burritos begin when you roll the tortilla. Uh, I think a pregnant burrito is probably a burrito for pregnant women who are having cravings. So it's got like everything in it. It's got, well, lots of. California burritos have french fries in them but it's got like hard boiled egg in it it's got oh, like wow. bacon it's pickles. got pickles in yeah. it you know it's got pickles it's filled with mustard uh you know there's cheese logs oh uh, get yeah, cheese logs <laughs> uh, uh uh red vines um <laughs> probably <God>. some skittles <laughs> uh, I mean, it's gross, but so is pregnancy. So it's like one of those like Guy Fieri food challenges. I, I mean, basi- basically, yeah. <laughs> if you, um, you know, if if you are pregnant on your way through Flavor Country, that's what you get. <laughs> and it comes with a kiddie pool full of donkey sauce. Oh man! Well, um, if you've been uh, a fan of this nonsense that we've been doing, <laughs> you can uh, find out all sorts of information about uh, us and our show. And this episode uh, on our website, which is... www.gruntworkpodcast.com <laughs> uh, Thank you, Truman Siri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best one you could come up with. No, well... Trieri? Yeah, nah. <laughs> That's yeah, was the best one either of us could come up with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on our website is also the place that you can sign up for... our. Our newsletter. Our newsletter. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I, I'm doing this now. Yes, our weekly newsletter. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to give it some more flavor here. Yeah, absolutely, um, Flavor Town. Our newsletter is the best way to don't be notified sus. of new episodes. Uh, I will. I'll just. I'll fess up. I forgot to do one at the beginning of the season. Hey, uh, hey, but I got it last week. I got the one out last week. Hey, man, he's been busy. Okay, <laughs> he, he's got stuff in his life outside of completely running the social media for our podcast, uh, like burritos. Yes, uh, obviously. Um. So sign up for our newsletter. You'd be notified whenever there's a new episode available. you get the show notes, uh, some other fun stuff about uh, appearances that we're making on other podcasts. Um, I have to say this. uh, Amazon has a, a policy. That uh, Wait, if you... is their privacy policy changed? Have they made <laughs> updates? I'm sure, I'm, yes, but that doesn't affect everyone. Has Gruntwork made updates to our privacy policy <laughs> that we need to tell everyone about? This joke is kind of stale at this point, but we haven't recorded since then. Um, apparently, if you don't sell one item a month, uh, you have. Ninety days before they discontinue your uh, shop, so well, that won't be a problem for us. We're selling loads of stuff, aren't we? <laughs> our merch page is going to temporarily be offline until we can reconfigure what that merch page is going to be, uh, because we are no longer Amazon affiliates. So, so what you're saying is our merch page died because our fans don't love us <laughs> enough? Well, you know what? No, that's not true. Because well, we have uh, okay. Now sc- here, here's the thing: if Scott I had by- if I had put this, he's uh, holding awesome, Scott's gift. I, this awesome Hot Wheel Home Improvement Hot Wheels uh, set on our merch page. He could have bought it and contributed to our um, sales. I didn't do that. Well, I mean, how would we even have known it? Would, that would have ruined the surprise. You would have had to Fair. have known it existed in the yeah, first place. You're right. You're right. Um, Anyhow, all that to say, the merch page is going to be gone for a little bit until we figure out what's going on. Um, but, 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 if you enjoy the show. <laughs> please share it wherever you can uh, Sorry, I had to reboot All my ones and zeros got uh... They got switched around There was a two in there <laughs> It was zeros and ones It was weird uh. um, Please share the, the show wherever you can Write us a review on iTunes uh, Do all these things Because we like it Yeah And we like you And we think you're cool We do <laughs> Even though you weren't buying enough from our merch page We still <laughs> like you guys Even though we joke about you behind your backs yeah. Um, And remember that uh, Every time you help us spread the word We won't use your bone to sharpen our teeth Read into that What you will (laughs) And every single way is Accurate in that I won't use any bones To sharpen any teeth of mine Uh, Look the real takeaway is You better just like and share our show You don't (laughs) want to find out what we'll do to you otherwise (laughs) Uh, You can also follow us on all the Various social media places which is At gruntworkpod uh, and with that, you've been listening to Gruntwork, not to be confused with Gruntwork, the uh, Icelandic initiative to shake your ass for a greener energy. <laughs> I would like to listen to that. That sounds banging. <laughs> I can't. I cannot do an Icelandic uh, accent. Grunt. It's not. There's. It's, it's a very soft R. It's Grunt. almost. Grunt. It's almost Grunt. invisible. Gunt. gun gun It's. Grunt. There's no T. Gun Gun Gun, gin 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 work gin right we've we've alienated all of our icelandic hands. sam correct us on how to pronounce that